0: Welcome to the Most True You podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Irene. Welcome. Today, I have Angela Briones with us, and she is the host of a podcast called They Can't All Be Betty. And I am going to let Angela tell you about her podcast because it's actually really cool. Um, and I think you're going to see right away why she is joining me today. But when I first interacted with Angela, it was actually on a Facebook group that we're both part of and she posted something about her podcast and I listened to the first episode and I think I was like maybe five minutes in and I knew I wanted to have her on the podcast uh, to tell her story and then to talk about how she is helping others tell their story as well. So Angela, welcome. Um, I'm going to let you tell everybody what your podcast is about.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. really excited to chat with you today. Um, my podcast is basically a way for me to talk about a parallel journey that my community, my LGBTQ community has as far as after we come out, we have this journey um, that that is basically coming out to ourselves coming out to our family coming out to everyone else along the way and there's a lot that that people don't talk about parallel to that we have this relationship with our family who when we come out we're essentially asking them will you come on this journey with me and I think that that's what people don't really realize is that coming out moment is that question and if you're family or your parent or whoever it is that you feel safe coming out to if they essentially say yes and I'll get, I'll tell you more about that in a minute but if they essentially say yes there's this there's this kind of parallel journey that they go through too because suddenly they realize they're the parent of an LGBTQ child and mm-hmm. a lot of parents don't know how to do that and they have a lot of questions and they feel kind of isolated from their friends who aren't in the same situation. I knew that that might be something that my parents were going through and I wanted to explore that more really. So that's why I started it.
0: I love that. And I love this idea of, you know, you're inviting them into your journey when you come out and I can imagine that that's terrifying. And I'm sure, you know, just listening to a couple of the episodes that you shared already on your podcast, listening to the ways that different people have kind of heard that question from their child who has come out to them. Um, it's really interesting to me to frame it that way. And I love the concept of this podcast because I think you're right. Like there is some conversation already for those who are coming out, but then. What about their families and their friends and how do they navigate it? And so having a place where they can go and hear the stories of how others have navigated the beginning of that journey, I feel like can be really, really powerful.
1: Yeah, I hope so. And with the people that I've spoken with so far, I feel like they're in this place of acceptance so much more than I realized but there are a few other people who I haven't yet, who I haven't spoken to yet, who I've spoken to off, you know, offline, yeah. I guess, who really do recognize, yeah, I did have those questions. I mm. had that trepidation and I felt like some people can go to an organization like PFLAG, which is Parents Friend, Parents and Friends of Lesbian and Gays. It's an organization where families can come together and find you know, some sort of common ground with people who are going through the same thing, you know, it's a safe place to ask questions, really. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: some people don't feel safe in those environments, you know, like, going to an organization like that, just the act of going, you know what I mean? And and being in this space with strangers and being vulnerable, you know, that's a tough thing to be vulnerable. So if you're not vulnerable with your family, you might not feel comfortable being vulnerable in a space with strangers. Yeah. So, I I was I'm hoping that this space at least gives somebody that that place where they can listen to somebody else who's gone through it and maybe they feel a little more
0: heard and seen. If that yeah. makes sense. And hopefully less alone, I would imagine. Yeah. I think exactly. anytime we're going through a journey where we're at a point that feels really confusing or dark or like we just don't have a roadmap for it, um, even hearing one other person's story can be so impactful.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit because I do want to talk a little bit about your story and how you... Um, You know, first of all, how you came out to yourself, because I think that is really important that we recognize that that in and of itself is huge. Um, That's a part of hearing your inner voice and owning your story, which are the words that I like to use. But um, there's a lot of other words we could use there, too. But I want to hear, you know, what that process was like for you to the extent that you want to share it. And then um, we'll kind of go from there.
1: That's just such a good question. And I haven't thought about it in a really long time (laughs) But I think that people forget that there is that that moment and it lasts for years for, for many people and I know for mm. myself included where you're trying to understand you're coming to terms with who you are. And for me, I, I would not be surprised if I looked back and I was like, mm, maybe that was 10 years, maybe 15 truly. Okay. yeah. Like you have an idea that you're different, but you don't really know why. And then once you kind of put two and two together and you're like, oh, this is who I am. You hold on to that story, to that truth for a long time, because it's, there's a lot of, for me, there's a lot of shame that was associated with it. You know, you, I grew, I grew up hearing that, you know, being gay, not necessarily that it was a bad thing, but I never heard anything positive. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily that, that I heard anything horrible but there's a tone that's involved that you know mm-hmm. that there's shame associated with it. Yeah. So you it takes you it took me a long time to come to terms with that. And then eventually you feel safe enough to tell someone. Whether that's for me that was my best friend, um my sister and then eventually my family, but it takes steps to get there to really yeah understand that that's who you are and that it's okay. You know, that, that, that you're, you, who you are is perfectly okay.
0: Yeah. When I think about what it must be like coming out, um, I think a lot about the impact that kind of white evangelicalism has had in our culture, especially in relation to how we view people who have come out as gay or lesbian, and um, I just sees so much harm there, where you know you're talking about even though you didn't necessarily hear anything you know very clearly directed toward shaming you, that shame was still there because it's been such a huge part of our culture that there's just something unacceptable about being gay or lesbian. And so much of that is, you know, kind of the religious undertone that our culture has had for so long. Um, And so I want to kind of speak to that for a minute and just see what, you know, what are some things that have kind of, I don't know if I would say harmed you, because I would want you to choose if that's the case or not, but that have made it difficult for you on this journey. And then maybe something that has kind of made it a little bit less challenging or has helped you on this journey. And particularly in terms of whether that's the shame, the feelings of shame or um, the things that have helped you to kind of approach that shame and see that you're right. There actually is not anything wrong with you.
1: Yeah. I think that for me, one of the biggest things is feeling like you're disappointing your parent
0: Mm.
1: so when i came out to to my parents really I only came out to my mom i came out to my dad by default because she told him for me which was great (laughs) i didn't didn't have to come out again which was fantastic but um one of the biggest hurdles is just you're afraid you're going to disappoint your family
0: Mm.
1: and you know when you talk about the space of religion I grew up Catholic, okay. and you know, I've always had a strong connection to to my faith and to God. Now now I'm now I wouldn't consider myself Catholic per se. I would just say, you know I'm more spiritual and I'm, I definitely have a, and definitely have a lot of faith. yeah, but but there's that connection to there's two things. you have your I didn't want to f- disappoint my parents. And I never, but I never felt like I was disappointing God, which is an amazing thing. Um, yeah. My, my, my biggest hero of life is my grandmother. And I remember being around 12 years old. And I think she knew before I knew really, I think, you know, she knew something. Cause I remember we were in, we were at hospital visiting a family member. And something came on the news. It was, you know, playing on the television screen behind us or next to us. And it was a gay protest. And I remember feeling a lump in my throat because I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm that word. This is obviously bad. (laughs) You know, they're protesting. Um, You know, I'm trying to I'm really too young to connect a lot of dots, but old enough to know that this is happening to me. This is who I am. And I feel a lot of shame for it. Yeah. And it, and somebody had a sign that said, um, like something like being gay is a mistake from God, something of that nature. I can't remember right now, okay. to be honest, but she leaned over and touched my hand and she whispered to my ear. She said, God doesn't make mistakes. And that was such that a word. huge thing to me. I know it was That's such so a huge thing. And I held on to that moment because I was just like, I'm not a mistake. Like, I am not a mistake. And the person who I care about most in the world, you know, just gave me license and permission to be whoever I am. And that was a huge moment. So it's funny because for me, going forward, sometimes I have this disconnect with never with my faith, but with religion, for sure, because I feel like. Other people in their mind, they think I don't have a space in the church or what have you. And I don't feel that way about myself. So it, there's, you know, there's this struggle and this disconnect because I want other people to feel whatever they need to feel and to think whatever they need to think, absolutely. But I also know that I have a space in the place that I grew up knowing. You know, this is who God is. And I have a place there.
0: Wow. And
1: yeah. And just as important to me, though, was my place with my parents and my family. Like that moment coming out. It's everything. It's a make or break mm-hmm. moment. It really is. You know, your, mo- your life can change from one second to the other.
0: Yeah.
1: And yesterday, everything was OK. Yesterday, you were accepted. Today, you might not be. And that's a daunting thing. And for me, when I came out and I told my mom, truthfully, she didn't even say a lot. But it was like the fact that she was there and she was present, much in the way that like really and truly, you know, when you go to to church, whatever space church that is for you, when you go there, there's a presence there that doesn't leave you, that's connected to you. You go there for that connection. Same thing. I had that same feeling there with my mom where we're there. She asked me if I was gay. We're crying. I say yes. And we're crying because we're finally honest with each other, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm finally honest with her. And she's been waiting for me to be honest with her. And all she did was reach out and hold my hand. And she didn't say anything. But the fact that she just touched my hand and didn't leave, that was all she needed to do. That was all I needed her to do because... I've said this in in my podcast and I'll say it right now in yours is I heard the words, I don't know, or I don't understand this, but where do we go from here? I love you. Where do we go from here? That is so beautiful. I felt that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how powerful, like both of those moments that you just described, the moment with your grandmother and the moment with your mom, that neither of those were you know, they didn't have a ton of preparation or anything like that. Like they, they just responded with saying, you know, whether it was through touch or through words, like I'm here, I've got you. And I feel like that's just so powerful that, um, at least in the circles that I've been in, there's just so much pressure, to have the right thing to say and be able to talk somebody out of something or you know whatever like there's just so many other things that are at play but this simple act of presence is so profound
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and And the way that you describe that that's what I hear is just like your mom just chose to be present
1: and, and really, I'm convinced, I'm honestly exploring this right now, this conversation right now in my podcast, but I'm convinced that that's all a parent has to do. Yeah. You know, I, I, I joke and I say, you know, parent doesn't have to be on the, on the float of a pride parade the following <laughs> year and doesn't have to like wave the flag for you. We don't need that. You know, mm. we just need to know that you're not leaving, you know, wow. and you don't even have to understand it in the moment, you know, you yeah. don't have to understand it. You just have to say, "I'm here, I support you it's going to be okay because the you know the whole love is love thing I mean it's it's absolutely true it's you' you didn't do anything to anyone you know mm-hmm. it's just who you were made to be it's who you are so yeah. so um, there's always that that disconnect, I, I know when I was coming out to myself, when I was trying to be like really honest with myself, I felt like I had done something horrible. I truly did. I felt like wow. I was a bad person. I felt like I was I was putting myself in the same, you know, in the same story as people who were like legitimately did things wrong. I was like, am I that bad of a person? Did I do something wrong? It That's took me a so long painful. time to, un- yes, it took me yeah. a long time to understand that those are not the same things like this is who you were made to be and there's nothing wrong with it
0: and so what was that that you know looking back what do you feel like helped you in that part of your process
1: i think for me the fact that i knew that i had a safe place to go meaning i knew unequivocally that my sister was going to be the person who would not meet me with anything other than absolute support. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if you at least have one person that you are, you know, you're sure that their love's not going anywhere, it gives you a lot of strength. And I think in the back of my head for a long time, I held on to what my grandmother said that time, you know, when I was younger, I definitely held on to that somewhere. Yeah. In my heart and in my head. And I knew that once I said something to my sister, it was going to be okay. I, I was sure of that. Like, I was absolutely 100% sure of that. And that made a huge difference.
0: Mm. You mentioned in your first podcast episode when you're talking to your sister, which by the way, for Mm -hmm. listeners um, who are hearing this, I'll be putting a link to Angela's podcast. And the very first episode is a conversation between her and her sister. And it is gold. Um, I feel like I wish everybody could listen to it. It is a really beautiful conversation. And the fact that you were willing to share that with the world, Angela is a gift. So I want to thank you for that. Um, but in that episode, you say something about the fact that you feel like you have to constantly come out to people. So like when you meet somebody new, there comes a point where you have to essentially come out to them. And that really struck me when I heard that because I had not thought of that. Um, but I was just like, oh yeah, I could see how that would be. The case. And so I want to hear a little bit about that process for you and what it's like now when, you know, you are meeting somebody new, whether it's at work or whatever, and just knowing that you're going to have that moment with them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, I think it's never ending, to be honest with you. I don't think it'll ever end at any point in my life. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a friend just the other day. She's, I'm 46, she's around the same age and we were talking about how we have never stopped coming out. And we were also talking about how that you know, you're right, that particular podcast episode did surprise people. I got um like a handful of comments in return saying the same thing of I didn't realize it was like this. You know, yeah. I didn't realize this is what your experience was like. And it's true, I can't think of Many days, to be honest, I mean, with the exception of quarantine, because I'm at home <laughs> most of the time, but outside of quarantine, when I'm out and about, it can be something from a moment that is so small, like the grocery store, where somebody assumes I have a husband and ask what my husband and I are going to be doing that weekend or that day, or something huge where I'll, you know, meeting a new neighbor, meeting a new coworker you can have be having these innocent conversations and, you know, you're getting along with somebody, especially let's say at work, in that work environment, you're having a banter. You, you know, you understand that y'all have a lot in common and we're having this wonderful conversation, but the moment it turns to, are you married? There's that, there's that switch. It's like, "Mm, how do I answer this question? Do I say, no, I'm not and leave it at that? Do I say, I'm not married, but I have a girlfriend? Do I say... And all these things go through your head very quickly. Yeah. Because you know that in an instant, that conversation that was going so well could take a turn. And it has nothing to do with anything other than that particular topic. Um, same thing happened a, a, about a week ago. My my girlfriend, her, her neighbor moved out and she got some new neighbors. And... Here we go again with, mm. you know, we have new neighbors. How are we going to navigate this moment?
0: Yeah.
1: It's never ending. And I, I don't think it'll ever change. I, and a lot of it is just based on people's assumptions. Yeah. But I think the only thing that that gets easier, honestly, is coming out, to, yeah. to be honest with you. There's that moment where you look back and go, wow, I remember the first time I did this. It was, you know. Truly, truly horrible. It took me four hours to come out to my sister. And now you kind of go, oh, this is just, you know, this is a person who I may or may not have an extensive relationship with, whether they're a coworker or a neighbor. Mm-hmm. And you think, I'm okay telling this person. And if they don't want to continue this conversation, that's okay with me. Getting to that place within yourself, that's a huge journey in and of itself. Because, it is. Yeah, because you're like, Guess what? I'm going to have to keep having this coming out conversation. Guess what? It's getting easier for me. So that's great. And what's getting even easier is the fact that I'm okay with the response.
0: Mm. And
1: and honestly, that part took me a while to be yeah. honest with you. Because it hurts when you're rejected yeah. by anybody, you know? Yeah.
0: I really appreciate you sharing that because I do think that's something that, um, you know, a lot of us just don't even think about. I know I didn't before I heard you say that. And but then once you said I was like, oh duh. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those that I think if I had put any form of thought into it, I would have known. And that just shows like my own um, you know, where my mindset is at. So I will admit that one. Um but, but there's
1: a lot of stereotypes that you know, there's this has been a topic for me this past week, to be honest. Okay. I think that we put a lot of labels and stereotypes on the LGBTQ community. Uh-huh. You know, if somebody doesn't look a certain way, you know, I yeah. I, I have said this about myself. I kept calling myself a bad lesbian for a long time because <laughs> I felt like I didn't fit into this. Mold of what a lesbian was supposed to look like. Mm. I, I'm like, I don't own a plaid shirt. You know, all these stereotypes. <laughs> and then, and then I'm like, that's I'm you know I'm doing the same thing to myself that I don't want other people to do to me. Yeah. They're making these assumptions, but the same thing can kind of happen. I don't want to say against me, but um, people might make an assumption because I don't look like that stereotype then they ask me how my husband is or ask me if I have a boyfriend where now I think it's just a matter of everyone universally just kind of learning a new language, meaning yeah, now even I check myself the way I ask people, I'll, I'll ask them like, you know, about their, their, do you have a partner or a spouse? And then I'll let them answer however they, however they need to answer for themselves. Oh, I have a husband. I have a wife. I have a partner, boyfriend, girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll that's let them so good. tell me their vernacular yeah, and then I know where what our lens is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was literally having that conversation with uh, a couple of people at work this week because we are working on a new initiative and I'm in HR. And so a lot of what I do kind of is behind the scenes and working on things before they're actually rolled out. Company wide, and Mm -hmm. we were talking about the use of language and the use of you know terms like women or you know gender, how we request what someone's gender is, things like that, and how there's just so little room given to be anything other than black or white, and you know in terms of those Mm -hmm. very binary ways of thinking. and so we were talking about what is a you know, what is that going to look like as a company in terms of how we reframe our use of language and just recognizing the power of language in our daily lives. So I think that's a great example of how, you know, switching from asking about someone's husband or wife to asking about their spouse or their partner can make such a big difference to just say, like, I'm here to speak your language and not just mine.
1: Right. And I think that's what it comes down to. I think sometimes people hear that and they think, oh, you know, here we go. I'm limited in my language. I'm limited in how I can use something. When I honestly feel that it's the opposite. I think that yes. it expands the conversation. It does. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So asking it in a certain way allows somebody to tell you what their space is and yeah and it just it just opens it up rather than limit limits anything
0: it does yeah it's not a constriction it's not you know saying sorry we're censoring you you can't say husband or wife it's just saying there's a lot more out there than simply husband or wife so why not right. make room for that yeah yeah Oh, goodness. Well, tell us a little bit more about what you are doing with your podcast, because I want people to know, you know, kind of where you're headed with that and where they can find you. Uh,
1: Right now, the podcast is on iTunes and Spotify. And again, it's called They Can't All Be Betty. And I'm right now. So I try to tell the story from two different lenses. I I continue to say that I want to flip the lens on the coming out story. And I want to tell the story about you know, what happens after we come out, basically. So the four episodes that I've recorded and that are out on iTunes and Spotify right now are from the lens of the ally. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hoping to do for the next few episodes, if not, you know, matching those four, are telling stories from the lens of, of people in my community, including myself. So I'm, I'm really hoping that that you know, that banter in conversation will help fill mm-hmm. some gaps for people, maybe inspire people to not be so scared of a conversation, to be honest.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'd really love to have a an episode where we kind of ask the uncomfortable questions and allow ourselves to kind of get in that uncomfortable space. Because yeah, I get a lot of questions sometimes where somebody will say, is it okay if I say, and then they'll give me an example. Or they'll say, well, what does this mean? And you know, what's even funnier is when I don't know the answer and they they assume that I do. And I'm like, there's not a handbook. Nobody gave me a handbook. I don't just automatically know these things. Yeah, I'm that'd be so nice to too. have a handbook. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's funny. It's just like, you know, we're all navigating these spaces together, whether we realize yeah.
0: it or not. And um, tell us what the reference is to Betty.
1: Oh, yes. So the reference to Betty is to Betty DeGeneres, actually. She inspired the name because when I was coming out, it was during that time when Ellen DeGeneres had her sitcom Mm -hmm. and kind of sandwiched between that and the Ellen talk show. And between those two spaces, Betty DeGeneres was, she was named the first like straight LGBTQ spokesperson. And I thought that was amazing so I knew that my mom was not going to do that. You know, my mom was not going to be on the float of a pri- of a Pride parade. Yeah. But I really wanted her to be like Betty. I was like that's that's what I'm looking for. Like that's my ideal. I wanted to be like Betty. And then this you know, this realization honestly came came about where I was like, you know, she might not be like Betty. She might not be able to show up in that same way. So this idea of they can't all be Betty kind of struck me because I thought even if they're not all this, you know, ally at the HRC gala or float or whatever, as long as they show up for you, that's all that they need to do. They don't, they can't all be Betty, but sometimes that's okay. You know, mm. every time that's okay. If, if, it, if they just show up period, you know. Yeah. So I wanted to explore that of the fact that you don't have to go to that extreme.
0: I think that's so powerful because you're giving them the same gift that you want, right? Which is I want to be myself and you're giving them the ability to be themselves too. I feel like that's, um, yeah, it's a gift. I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what's so funny is I feel like lately I've been thinking about the fact that we are always looking externally for permission, right? And, and yeah. And so- we I think to a certain at a certain point we finally realize that the permission has to come from ourselves. Yes. But that yeah. is a really difficult thing. And and it can be in any space. And yes. there's a lot of times when, you know, I look to I know as a child, you you know, you look to your parent for guidance, right? Mm-hmm. You look to your parents and their eyes tell you if you're doing something wrong or right, <laughs> right? And then I think as I grew older and when I, especially when I came out, my mom, especially, she had a lot of questions about, you know, how do I answer this question? How do I say this? Like she wanted to be, she didn't want to be offensive. She wanted to be kind, but she had, you know, these, these questions that were, that were really vulnerable, really. And I thought now she's looking to me for that, you know, she's looking to me to guide her. So, um, I think that there's just, like, this, like, really interesting little tiptoe dance that we do between looking externally for permission and looking internally for permission. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted my podcast to be a space where I could give permission for to people to be flawed, really. That it's yeah. okay to ask questions. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to not know. But have the conversation. It's it's the conversation that is going to save everything. Wow.
0: I love it. I'm excited for what is coming on your podcast. Um, I'm excited for the people who are going to get to hear this episode and especially those who, you know, just stumble upon it and it ends up being exactly what they need. But I think for all of us, like I learn so much from listening to other people's podcasts and other people's stories. Um, So I'm excited for the space that we're both in and seeing what comes of all of that.
1: Absolutely. I am too. I'm excited for your podcast as well. And I'm happy to be on here. Thanks.
0: Um, A couple of kind of final questions for you. And I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I didn't give you these ahead of time. So if you need a second to think about them, that's totally okay. But what would you say to somebody listening who is still learning to kind of hear that inner voice and is not sure yet that like, you know, they might not ready to be public with their story, whether it is, you know, coming out in this way or some other story that they're struggling with hearing What would you say to them?
1: To somebody who's
0: struggling with the fact
1: that they're gay and they'd, or, or. Yeah. You know what? Let's specify that.
0: So I, my question was really open-ended, but I think it would be helpful to really bring it in. So yeah. What would you say to somebody who is struggling to hear their inner voice and to recognize that they, you know, that they are gay or lesbian or that they may be, um, I don't want to limit it to just that, but I think that's really important to hone in on.
1: Yeah. Well, I think in, in any space, and I know I struggle with this all the time, it is really difficult to, for me sometimes to trust myself and to trust that, that voice inside of me that truthfully I feel is God, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, I
1: mean, truthfully, when you, when you talk about things like meditation or anything like that, um, to me, that's this connection with my divine spirit. Yeah. And so if somebody's struggling with anything, whether it's LGBTQ issues or any particular space of life, but especially if it's LGBTQ issue, where I would say wherever you are is okay. And you don't have to know what the next step is. Mm. You can just sit in the knowing that you don't know, but you will know. And that journey might be a day, a month, a year, whatever, but allow yourself to explore whatever it is. Again, LGBTQ issues or otherwise, if, if there's something that you're questioning, of course you don't know, but you need to give yourself the time to sit and let that be okay, knowing that you will know. You have to, you know, it goes back to permission. You have to give yourself the permission to be in the space that that doesn't feel very good because you're unsure of what's happening at the time, but mm-hmm. it, but time will make it okay.
0: I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, my last question for you, since a lot of what I talk about on my various episodes is owning your story. What is a mm-hmm. book that has helped you or that you have loved the story of? So this does not necessarily have to be like a self-help book, but just what's one book that mm-hmm. you've really loved reading over the past few years?
1: Let me tell you one book that I read this year, actually, that I kept say, every time I read it, because I've read it multiple times, uh-huh. it's Glennon Do- Glennon Doyle's Untamed. I don't know if you've
0: heard of it. Or read it. <laughs> I have but that in my t- Audible <laughs> account right now. I'm way through it. It is the greatest
1: thing Aww. ever. Like I, every time I read it, I, I think I've read it three times this year <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> since I've gotten it. it. So it's been the the best quarantine book, um, I and I have that. all kinds of. I'm the kind of person that flags every moment and I have some serious flags on the book, like so many, (laughs) but that book, if you want to talk about your inner voice Uh and that place where you hear, you know, your voice, this is the book. That book is to me, every time I, every time I opened it up, I was like, this, this feels like church to be honest. Wow. I said that multiple times. Wow, yeah, it was it was really amazing,
0: awesome. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for being willing to share your story and uh, just being so honest and open with it. I I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you like trusting me to be part of your story today. Um, but I also just appreciate so much that you're willing to share it with who knows who is going to end up listening. So, thank you for that.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I yeah. appreciate
0: it. It's a pleasure. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. You have so many options to choose from, and I love that you chose the Most True You podcast. You can support the podcast by subscribing and reviewing the podcast, particularly via iTunes. You can find out more information about our guests in the show notes. And you can find out more information about me on my website at ikellyirene.com and more information about the podcast at MostTrueYouPodcast.com. Until next week, many blessings, my friends.